Edition of 99 Questions. I am your host, Bob Buell. This is, of course, an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting people interesting questions. And join with me today. Well, you can certainly read her writing from all across the internet all over the years, but now she is the founder and uh, I'll say lead writer, main writer. Sure. I've had the someone writer? call me the CEO. I was like, oh, that's very oh. impressive sounding. Well, let me edit this back then. The CEO <laughs> of the Indian former mm-hmm. is Jill Grote. Jill, how are you? Hi, uh, I'm doing very well. It's a lovely day. I've got some silly cats running around. Oh, I got I see They're fantastic. got some things right uh, written up. I'm having a great day. Uh, you love to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to be on this show. I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, I know it is. <laughs> But where would we be without a couple of ground rules, some terms and conditions right up front, just to quickly scroll past and click through? Uh, like ground rule number one, take as much time or as little time as you need to answer the questions. But yes or no okay. suffice. Give me a yes or no. If a short story about your life helps us get a better understanding of that answer, I want to hear that story. Ground rule number two. Uh, this is not 60 minutes. This is not a hot seat interview by any means. If you want to pass over a question, you can pass. No judgment, no worries. And ground rule number three, despite the name of the show being 99 questions, some of these are prompts. Some of these are certainly not by the definition of question. I just put a question mark at the end of the word. (laughs) Uh, There is literally one question, 97 toward the end, that will be three questions. So let's not worry about the context of all that too much. Okay, okay. Okay. That being said, the first of our uh, non-counting questions, again, the semantics. Jill, are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Oh, I think it. that should count. I think that should be one. You know, I I, I think a, a very early draft of this list did have that as number one. And I said, well, kind of robs me of a question. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Well, I things. just heard you put three and one. So it's true. Play by my own rules here. It's wild. I'm sort of terrified as to what's going to happen next. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Don't you worry. Question number one. What's the perfect breakfast? I, as the weather is turning colder, greatly enjoy a nice oatmeal. I throw in a cinnamon and a little bit of honey. So good. Wow. Simple. Easy to make, fast to make, more importantly, sometimes. It's really both of those are the absolute necessities. I am a terrible cook, not because I I can't cook, but because I just lack any sort of patience when I'm hungry. I just want food in my stomach. So (laughs) oatmeal, you throw it in the microwave, you put some cinnamon on it, and you eat it up, and it's great. I love it. I love it. Question number two. Who's the coolest dude? The Fonz? Oh. Seems like a good answer. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Question three. Steak, chicken, or fish? Depends greatly on Ooh. the location. Uh, 
typically I would say like fish is lower, but if you're going for like a sushi or a pokey, heck yeah, with fish. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're in a steakhouse, I've made this mistake. Uh, if you're in a steakhouse and you oh, order no. chicken, you're oh. going to be disappointed, <laughs> you know, not because it is bad, but the steak is probably going to be the best thing there. Yeah. Um, but chicken, I think, on under normal circumstances. Gotcha. The versatility, you know, it, it, yeah. it can be used in Put so many anywhere. ways. <laughs> Any meal, any time of day, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, question four, best gift you've ever gotten? I've gotten a lot of good gifts over my life. Uh, I think things that take time or consideration are usually the best. Hmm. Um, I got a surprise uh, last uh, Christmas season when my sister had sent me a box of um, macarons. And I ate them all in one sitting. They were delicious. <laughs> and, I was, and I just wasn't expecting you know, it wasn't something I'd talked about. Like, that oh. was really thoughtful, and they're delicious. So I'm, I'll go with that. I love that. And I assume she made them, right? They're... Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think anyone in my family is particularly culinarily gotcha. you know, gifted. <laughs> that's that's saying. my husband's job. I see. He probably could make macarons if he put his mind to it. Hey, worth the effort. Question five, best gift you've ever given? Uh, <laughs> um, I try very hard to be thoughtful because I enjoy that myself. Um, I guess I'll go with the thing that I most like just popped into my head because it's most recent. Uh, my mom had a birthday um, and she's allergic to caffeine, oh. uh, but loves tea. So I found mm -hmm. a tea that was caffeine free and tastes exactly like a like a vanilla cake i don't know how they made it happen and there's no Ooh. sugar in it but it just is so perfect so <laughs> this is going to be a great gift and That's, it was that sounds phenomenal as a tea <laughs> fan myself i'm this is right up my alley here mm -hmm. got my tea right here Ooh. now what are you sipping on over there I have a fantastic lavender Earl Grey. Ooh. I think I have like a raspberry hibiscus for the lack of maybe pronouncing that properly. Uh, <laughs> no, you got it. Delicious. You know, okay. <laughs> you're good. That sounds fantastic. Uh, question six. What did you want to do for a living when you were a kid? <laughs> uh, I wanted to be a cowboy and or mm -hmm. rock star. Oh. Hey, tomorrow's another day. I think both are still on the table. Yeah. You know, I know how to ride a horse. I could <laughs> pretend to sing. A little bit of both, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Question seven. What's the largest animal you can beat in a fight? The larger the animal gets, like, the more it might underestimate me. So I'm thinking, like, I'd really have troubles with the mid-tier things. Like, when I went to school in Santa Cruz, in, in the mountains of Santa Cruz are, are kind of known for having, like, mountain lions. And, mm, yes. Um, and I've never encountered one, thankfully, but, like, certainly a mountain lion would take me. But if we're talking, like, a giraffe, first of all, 
they look ridiculous. <laughs> Second of all, I could probably, you know, weave and dodge. Yeah. They seem top heavy. You know what I mean? Like you could yeah. you could probably get out of the way of that. Sweep the leg. <laughs> Sweep the leg. <laughs> Sweep the leg, quick sleeper hold. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, yeah, that's an easy night. Uh question eight. Who's someone you look up to? Uh, there are a lot of amazing people in the world and that constantly makes me happy. Uh, I think some of the people um, that have had the most influence on me as like my career right now are uh, the women who were in the games media field before I thought even about being in there. So like Elise Favez and Kim Wallace, who's fantastic. Mm-hmm. All of these people who are, you know, I, of course, I grew up as a Game Informer fan and I started reading their stuff. And it's one of those things that you probably should always have known. But like, as I'm reading them, I'm like, oh, women do this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I love that. Love that answer. Uh, question nine. First album you bought with your own money? I can't say for certain. I am a very strange music fan in that I could sing you an entire song. I know all the lyrics and have absolutely no idea what the title or who the artist is. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's probably something in the 90s is going to be like an NSYNC or a Backstreet Boy or something along those lines. (laughs) Strong choices. Very Mm -hmm. strong choices. Question 10, what's your go-to karaoke song? I mean, you want to go to like a Don't Stop Believing or like, or like a Disney, right? Yeah. Like those are always the ones you, you want everyone to join in. Everybody knows. Um, so I think that's going to be my answer. I like it. The ones that like people would naturally sing in a car anyway. Yeah. You know, that's that's usually my go-to rule. <laughs> it's like if you're not singing along to this song, there's something wrong with you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh question eleven. What's the last song you listened to? This question not sponsored by Spotify or Title or what have you. Yeah. It might be <laughs> I actually, uh, it's in my head and I don't, it, it is the sea shanty that was going around a while back. Oh yeah. And I, I can sing you the song, but I don't remember what the title is <laughs> yeah. proving my earlier points. Um, <laughs> the weatherman, the weatherman. Oh, okay. There you go. I'm sorry. That took so long. I had to actually run through the lyrics in my head. I'm like, okay, no. okay. It's all good because I will will play the amount of that song that I'm legally allowed to play during the portion where you were thinking of it to tide over the fans. It's all good. Please do. It is one of those things that um, when I'm writing, I don't want a song that I get too into. So it's one of those songs that like gives me energy and gets me upbeat, but I can still focus on other things. That is a uh, like a secret great strategy to that I, <laughs> I i figured that out in college at one point where i was trying to read these long books and i was like i can't do it with no music but i can't do it with music with lyrics like i need something in between and that's when i got super into like jazz just because yeah. it's just there mm-hmm. oh 
beautiful thing. Uh, question. Ba -ba 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 -ba. 12. What's a band or musical artist you want to hear more from? I don't know if I'm going to answer this specifically. And okay. I, that's going to be so frustrating, I know. But I think the answer is going to be something along the lines of, like, someone who's not, ha like, the road to success is not certain. You know, hmm. someone who, like, again, going back to the sea shanty thing, the guy who started that wasn't, like, a name of any sort. And then it all just kicked off. And now he's got a career. Like, that's the sort of person I want to hear more from. Hmm. Not, like... You know, I, I'm in a family of musicians. It was going to happen, <laughs> you know. The people climbing sort of the hill, you know. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Thirteen. What's a song that brings the most emotion out of you? We're getting towards that time of the year, so like I think there are certain like Christmassy songs that mean a lot. Not not just because like they're Christmassy and everybody knows them and every, everything like that but like they are attached to so many different memories of things happening and people that you maybe don't see that much anymore or uh, childhood simpler times kind of thing uh, so we'll go with Christmas songs hmm, I like that uh, 14 What's your favorite music video? Uh, Old Town Road. Ooh. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, 15. You got a million dollars, but you have to donate it all to charity. What charity is it going to? Uh, I recently played a Min Max Trivia Tower mm -hmm. um, for All Star, and it was all for charity. And I decided to pick a... Uh, local charity that deals with adopting dogs and cats and as you you might have seen i don't know if everybody listening can see anything but um uh, i have a, a couple of cats roaming around one's in my lap currently um and that means a lot to me i always get them from shelters and adopt them so hmm. uh i would like to be able to spread the love and help as many as i can yes absolutely and yes, for audio listeners, which I suppose is every listener, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're just seeing these. I'm seeing little candy canes like and tails, tails like walk by. <laughs> the wonderful visual. Uh, Sixteen favorite holiday. Halloween. Mm, zero 100%. hesitation. No, yeah. absolutely. Halloween is the best holiday. Uh, it's a fantastic time of year where things aren't too cold, but you're getting the wonderful like fall fashions are coming back um everything like people say that christmas is the magical time of year but i think halloween really is because there's just something in the air that's like transformative and like kind of mystical and so i'm just feeling that i'm like oh things are changing you know yeah. uh, and and plus you get free candy oh <laughs> you know kids get free candy but i get the candy they don't eat so there you go. Perfect. <laughs> it's a win-win, really. Yeah. Uh, 17. What's your go-to drink when you walk into a coffee shop? 
usually I'll get a tea. Uh, typically a jasmine if I can get it, which Ooh. was hard to do. I recently went to Amsterdam, um, nice. and they are. It is a storied and a city of many great traditions, but tea does not seem to be among them. Mm. And I, for the life of me, could not get a jasmine tea or really just a tea of great quality. I got it a couple of times, but it's not something they seem to spend a lot of time on. So as soon as I got home, I went to San Francisco and I ordered a green tea from uh, the place I was having breakfast. and. They brought me a jasmine tea <gasps> in a big cup. I was like, oh, this is why I love you. <laughs> it was tea fate. They yes. knew. They knew. They knew. They could sense my jasmine levels were too low. <laughs> uh, question 18. This is a biggie. I'm ready. Spell the word. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> An immediate though. No. Okay, hit me. Right. Hit me. Spell the word. Gray. Oh no. I know what it should be. Mm-hmm. I think. But I like to spell it with an A. G R A Y. Wow. Team A Y. Okay. <laughs> I said the line in the I'm sand I'm looking has been at the, the label of my Earl Grey, by the way. That I'm like, nope. Mm-mm. Wow. Should be an A. Yeah, I think most Earl Grey go with go with the E. It just has a more Britishy flair or whatnot, yeah. you know? But... Get out of here, British. <laughs> uh 19. What's your prized possession? I'm tempted to show you something, oh. but like it doesn't help because most people are but i am very fond you might get some of this got a framed something or other over there it's a map a framed oh wait i know this map what is this map you might you can kind of see it down here it is the map of tunics overworld oh and i got this as part of a um kind of box uh that they sent reviewers Oh. Uh, so it is charming both in that tunic is my favorite game and very high on the list of favorite games overall in life um but also a memory that i was at game informer and i reviewed games and it really happened and um <laughs> i got to have a great time that's amazing that's like your concrete proof like it wasn't a dream it actually it happened. all happened <laughs> you can't take this from me <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Question 20. Are you competitive? Yes. Mm, Just like Halloween. Burn to the point. Uh I know. I I can't even deny it. Like, it's not it's not something I try to be. Uh, I probably would be a better person if that were not the case. (laughs) But I'm if I'm in something, I want to win it. Fair. Question 21. Do you consider golf a sport? Sure. My father was a great fan. um, And I apparently had a natural talent for the grip. But I I don't know. That might have just been buttering me up because I I had uh, agreed to accompany him. So. Who knows? (laughs) 
until you're on the PGA tour. Who knows what it may be? Yeah. Uh, 22. Have you ever played any sports? Yeah, I played a fair amount. Um, I, as a kid, uh, my mom worked at the local YMCA, so I played everything, sort of everything. So like soccer and baseball and, uh, basketball and, uh, hockey and, um, I danced and I, not really a sport, I, I, but I knew how to ride horses and, uh, I guess it's a sport. (laughs) I, I did Taekwondo for a long time, which I'm still very, uh, happy with. I still like doing, um, I took up archery for a while. So I have like a, a pretty wide range for not considering myself particularly sports, you know, uh, interested. (laughs) Really ran the gamut there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 23 favorite sport to watch. Um, I, in college, I had a roommate who was under normal circumstances, the most gray rock of a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, very solid and even keeled but when baseball came on they just absolutely <laughs> had like an absolute love for the sport so much knowledge and understanding what was going on and eagerness to share it with people so I was never really a big fan of watching sports before then but watching baseball with him he would be like, oh, my God, they just did this thing. And that means this and that's setting up for this thing because they know this guy. And I'm like, I don't know how you know any of this, but I just love your enthusiasm. And I am enjoying this because of it. The passion just bleeds through at a certain point. That's exactly. So great. Uh, 24 theme parks. Do they exist? <laughs> we'll check into it later. Yes, I do. Today I enjoy on Unsolved a theme park. Mysteries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you are a fan of theme parks. I am a fan. Yep. Okay. Nice. Nice. Uh, 25, dubbed the Ron Bennington after famous radio personality. You're standing in a wrestling ring, and a wave of nine year olds, a random mix of boys and girls, are coming down to that ring to fight you. How many nine-year-olds could you beat in this fight? First of all, that's terrifying. That's uh... nine-year-olds. Nine-year-old is is old enough to be a certain threat level. Yeah, it's on the you peak know? of some sort of sine wave, but I'm not sure which one. But it's, right, it's it's a, it's a tricky. They're age. starting to have like complex understandings of the world, and. They can use that against you, you know, Mm -hmm. but they're still like honest enough to not have like, they're not old enough to, to not tell you exactly what they think. So I'm guessing if we get the wrong nine-year-old, they could take me down with a couple of bad, (laughs) you know, horribly placed words. So probably none. I'm not, no, I'm not. Okay. All right. I'm going down real hard. (laughs) <laughs> Somewhere between zero and one. Okay, yeah. I, I I respect that. It'll make for a less interesting uh, pay-per-view main event, but uh, I respect the answer. You know? <laughs> 26. What's a game you know you can win? The Game of Thrones. Um, no, I die immediately. 
what game do I know I could win? There is, this is going to go back. Uh, there was a kind of a dueling local uh, couch competitive game bundled in with Tenchu Wrath of Heaven. <laughs> oh boy, what a cut. Okay. I know. Okay. Um, and I had for a while we had a, a cousin living with us who was working nearby. And me and him would play this game pretty obsessively. And it got to the point where like uh, starting on the map for anyone who's not aware of the game. <laughs> I couldn't um, imagine how you would be, but okay. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Tenchu in general is about like ninjas. Um, and to play this particular part of the game, you had to have another player with you and you picked between the various different characters in the game and you fought each other uh, and you would be dropped into a map um and given kind of various items like bombs and and things mm. and attempt to just kill each other um it got to the point where no matter what map we were kind of dropped into we immediately knew where the other person was oh. so i would start we would both start the game by taking our like explosive blow darts and within like a fraction of a second of go, we would shoot them and it would hit the other person <laughs> and they would, whoever landed first died, you know, like this is amazing. It was that it was wild. I don't know if I still have that ability, but it was like anyone who ever tried to play against us, like they would try to be like, Oh, what am I doing? And just explode. <laughs> <laughs> this it's like an old West gunslingers draw yes. basically with these mm -hmm. explosive darts i love it i love it uh 27 what topic can you discuss the most i mean video games are obviously uh the one on top uh i do have a great love of history so i have mm. a tendency to wax poetic uh especially if you're talking about ancient rome or the mythology of ancient Rome, because I have a degree essentially in ancient Rome, so I can talk a lot about what went on thousands of years ago. Wow. Okay. Very cool. 28. Favorite place you visited? I had very good fortune when I was in high school to be nominated as like an, to go on an ambassador program sort of hmm. trip. Um, which was really cool. And I went to France and one of the places that we visited in France was called Mont Saint-Michel. And Ooh. it is so cool because it is this castle. Um, and during low tide, the castle is connected to the world and you can drive up to it and everything. But during high tide, there is no way to access it. So you are an Whoa. island castle and it's just this amazing little island with like a little castle town and it's built and built up and built up and built up over time because you know you don't have you can't build out you have to build up so you just have like the oldest remnants and then a, a second layer and it's just so cool all the different architecture Whoa. and everything on there and and people still live there and it's really cool 
It's like the Edith Finch house or something. <laughs> like... Something like that, yeah. <laughs> that sounds so cool. Yeah. I I truly recommend it to anybody who finds themselves nearby. What was the name of it one more time? Mont Saint Michel. It's uh in more English terms, it's the Mountain of Saint Michael. Wow. It is that is at least worth a Google because that sounds phenomenal. Please uh, check it out. <laughs> Twenty-nine. What's your catchphrase? Uh <laughs> I Probably something terribly banal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Oh, I, I sign all of my emails with, like, all the best. I always enjoy that. Mm. Um, I, I want to, like, spread happiness. Emails are never that fun to begin with. And it's like, I really do want you to have all the best of what you want or looking for. You know, mm. that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, question 30. What's the best costume or cosplay you ever wore? <laughs> I've done a lot of really cool ones. Um, the last, this last Halloween, I went as Tris Marigold. Um, the picture of which I think I put up on uh, Min Max's trick or treat uh, thing. So some people got to see that. Uh, a lot of the time, my characters tend to be red haired <laughs> because <laughs> I can make that work very easily. Um, and don't yeah. have to get a wig or anything. I did have one costume where I was a samurai Darth Vader, which I really enjoyed. I uh, had like cool armor and like the Darth Vader thing. Uh, so I, I'm gonna go like it's probably a toss up between those two. Those are okay. Those were good. Red hair Darth Vader is this yes. splitting the difference between? <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. Thirty one. Have you ever had anything named after you? I don't think so. There, the my last name, which is my husband's last name, uh, is a village in Germany. Oh, um, very proud of his last name. So, uh, I don't. It, it doesn't really count backwards, but it is a shared name. I gotcha. I, I think the name has to do with the place. Interesting. All right. I'm checking with my judges. Yeah, they're going to count it. All okay. Right. We'll Thanks, judges. They're very lenient. <laughs> okay. uh, 32. Hobby you dedicated the most time to. Video gaming. Uh, yeah, it's just such a, a time-intensive hobby. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That seems like a slam dunk there. Yeah. 33. Who's a celebrity you had a crush on? I don't like how you put that in the past tense. Um, <laughs> my current most beloved celebrity uh, is Simu Liu, who plays Shang-Chi. Um, oh, of course. Yes. And I have his book back here. You can kind of see it. Um Ooh. And he just seems like an absolutely fabulous, fantastic human being who started, like, again, following the theme of, like, breaking through and starting with nothing and making your... So, yeah. Simu Liu. Great choice. Great choice. And great uh, Twitter presence also. Really, yes. really solid. Oh, my gosh. One of the very few celebrities that I follow on Twitter. Yeah. Worth it. Uh, assuming by the time this comes out, Twitter hasn't burned down to the ground. Or whatever. <laughs> we'll I don't know. see. 
34. What's the strangest job you ever had? So, um, noting my answer for the nine-year-old wrestling question, mm -hmm. uh, I once had a job. I started working in museums. That's my first career. Ooh. Um, and in my first museum, I was an intern. And part of my job was to lead a museum classroom where we taught kids about making art that looked like waves or whatever we did. Um, and anyone who knows me finds that particularly straight. <laughs> so that's an odd job for me to have had. I, I dig it. I like it. Uh, 35. <laughs> Somewhere on this list. Book. You'd recommend the world to read. Well, I mean, anyone who's ever seen me on camera can see I have quite a a, a bit here. Like this whole thing is a bookshelf as well. I've uh, got bookshelves downstairs. I am uh, a very big fan of reading. Um, and that's uh, recommending one is tough. But like I am a huge Tolkien fan. Mm. So I... I'm going to go with Lord of the Rings. Like people got to read the Lord of the Rings. Oh, gee. <laughs> 36. A movie? It always makes you laugh. Um, so no lie. My go-to feel good movie is um, Wimbledon is a 2004 film. It is a rom-com between Paul Bettany and Kirsten Dunst. Um, and it's not even like an ironic thing. It is a relatively fun, like it's not one of those rom-coms where it's like, ah, I, I can't believe you did this thing. Oh, I can explain. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not stupid in the way that a lot of rom-coms <laughs> are. I wouldn't call it particularly like super clever, um, but it is, just it hits all the beats of like people falling in love and 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 achieving goals and overcoming you know things that people say you can't do anymore or you know whatever so just a lot of fun a lot of like i'm i'm looking at the like the list of people in it now it's got paul bettany kirsten dunst John Favreau, Sam Neill. Like, it's Ooh. got a good cast. All right. So, like, if you're ever feeling, if I'm ever feeling down, I put that movie on and I'm just like, okay, I'm feeling better. But, like, <laughs> I recommend it. If you are ever not in a great place and you just want a quick, easy boost, go for it. Wimbledon. Wow. Wimbledon. Fantastic. Uh, 37. What's the worst movie you've ever seen? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um oh i i'm gonna make people angry perhaps with this oh but boy <laughs> i watched raging bull with my husband when oh. we were trying to do this like list of all the movies you have to see and i hated that movie it was wow. so stupid <laughs> <laughs> i hated it so much um yeah there's nothing good I have to say about that movie at all. And I know it's one of those, like, 
things that people point to that is like, this is art. And, and I'm like, no, it was stupid and never watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's always on those like, like AFI, not the band, but like the film, I guess, Institute, uh, like their like <laughs> list of, yeah, movies you have to see. Or, right. You know, that changed 100. the world that yeah. influenced everything and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, skip this one. <laughs> Check out Wimbledon instead. Yeah. You're wasting your time. The classics. Wimbledon and Deep Blue Sea. You got us. Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> so good. That fish is going to bite you in half. Oh, is that where Samuel L. Jackson gets eaten? Yes. By the... Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's so good. That right in the middle one. of his inspirational speech. There's nothing better. <laughs> it's such a dumb movie. Oh, it rules. Uh, 38. Who's your favorite actor or actress? I'll go with Simu Liu again. Like, really cheering for him. Yeah. He's, everything I've seen him in is fantastic, though. So. Yeah. Uh, 39. How cool was it in Jurassic Park when the raptors are running through the kitchen? Not cool. It was <gasps> terrifying. <laughs> Get out of here with those door-opening creatures. <laughs> they opened the door with their talons. Was there any... Like, I don't know if there's anyone who hasn't had a dream either directly or indirectly inspired by this moment, but I certainly have. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you didn't, then you probably haven't seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, question 40. First show as a kid you got really into? Highlander. Oh, they're going to um, be one. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, it was, I can't remember the name, actor's name. It was Adrian something. Um, but I would wake up like unbelievably early on Saturday morning to to watch this and see what was going on. And it was just the coolest concept to me that they were like secretly people who lived forever and they had to have sword fights. And, <laughs> you know, it was a rerun from a much earlier like time. And I was very young so like it didn't matter that some things didn't quite make sense or whatever but it was always like the tension is it going to be found out and what's happening and i loved it so much that rules uh 41 who should play you in a movie of your life eddie redmayne mm. i loved it man so you know I'm what down. i could see it i like it yeah <laughs> yeah uh, 42. Who's the biggest celebrity you ever met in person? Um, I've not had a lot of success. Like, I can remember, like, walking down the street. I think this was probably during the same France trip I talked about earlier. And, Ooh. like, people had seen a celebrity walking down the street. And everyone was super excited. And, and I, like, just completely missed it somehow. Like, oh, didn't no. see them, didn't notice the commotion, nothing. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually met a celebrity before. I think, like, I've met, like, the first time I met Hanson, like, mm -hmm. I was a huge fan of Game Informer, and I've told the story a million times, uh, so forgive me if anyone's heard this, but, like, I jumped out of line. I'd been waiting. I was at E3, and mm -hmm. I'd been in line for two hours to play what skull and bones oh uh, that was yeah. a two-hour line oh yeah wow. all right um it was worth it though because <laughs> i could then tell people i had played skull and bones before it disappeared for so long 
Yeah. Um, but I jumped out of line not knowing I was gonna get be able to go back just to like say hi to Hanson because I wasn't not gonna meet a game informer. <laughs> um mm-hmm. so yeah, that was probably I don't Hanson would certainly not call himself a celebrity, but at the time it felt that way to me. I, that's so cool. And now the the celebrity in France, I also have to assume, was Ben Hansen. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure. Uh-huh. In the highest fashion. Yes, of course. <laughs> he said, it's almost high tide. I have to get to my castle. <laughs> um, to my castle. <laughs> 43 TV show or podcast that you love, but you don't think anyone else knows about. <laughs> um, so this is random. And people probably know this. But I think maybe two days ago, I was going through, because I'm not on Twitter, I go through um, YouTube Shorts, oh, which yeah. is the same thing, but Twitter's, or um, uh, TikTok? Not, t- TikTok, thank you. Yeah. I'm like, why am I saying Twitter? That's not right. <laughs> um, it's all just reshared to YouTube Shorts, to Instagram, it's all the same I at this point. I discovered this couple, and the husband is Italian, like came over from Italy Italian and mm-hmm. still kind of learning the language and almost every single one of their videos revolves around him saying something completely wrong or not knowing some part of and it's just the cutest thing cuz he'll mm. or like she'll tease uh, the wife who's american will tease him by like i'm going to put ketchup on my pizza and him just being shocked um so it's just been this really wholesome, you know, even if he like completely disagrees. Like I think at one point, sometimes I'm like, that's not something you should have done. But like <laughs> one of the things she was like, I just spent $25,000 on my wedding dress. And, you know, to see what his reaction was. And he's just like, well, I guess if you're happy, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, oh, that's such a sweet reaction to have. <laughs> That's adorable. Yes. Uh, 40... 44. Favorite comedian. I have recently, with the same... Like, no one can see this but you. But see this cat here. Oh, yeah. My other cat is down here. And I suspect she's going to pounce. And it's going to cause, you know, it's going to cause a bit... A bit. There's, there's some commotion. pouncing in the cards there. So here we yeah. go. Here you oh. go. Nope. Cats get picked up. There you go. Going down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, favorite comedian. I don't typically listen to comedy, but continuing on my theme of YouTube shorts, there is a woman who uh is it always makes me laugh and I can't remember her name, which is unfortunate. Uh but her whole kind of shtick is uh kind of being a lesbian and and the experience of that and like making fun of the crowd and all of that jazz and she just makes me bust out laughing because like she'll pick on someone and be like you know ask them a question and you know like like comedians do one time she she was talking to someone and she was like are you are you a lesbian and they're like oh no She's like, but you're you're here with that woman. You're holding hands. Yes. And you guys are kissing. Yes. And and you've slept together. Yes. But you're not. A, no. So you're so you're bi. You've been with. No, I've only been with women for like 
however long. And she's just like absolutely roasting them. And it's the funniest fucking thing. Sorry. Don't know if I could roast. It's the funniest thing. Yeah, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it. No, that's great. Uh, 45. Best Saturday Night Live cast member. Nope. I have no answer for you on this one. I apologize. No, listen, we, it's baked into the beginning. We could. <laughs> no worries. That's what the disclaimer is for. <laughs> 46. What's the nerdiest thing you've ever done? I've done a lot of nerdy things in my life. Uh, I've always been in the video game culture. Um, I am a fan of D&D, which mm. I. I want to say go to, but like how busy I've been recently, I'm currently not going to a game in my local store. Um, I think perhaps one of the nerdiest things was back in high school for to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, as you can tell from my my lilting tone (laughs) that I am obviously of Irish stock. Oh, Um, (laughs) I'm my family and I enjoyed going to um, a Celtic festival that was mm. held uh, out in the country. It was always beautiful and it was a lot of fun. Um, and it's super nerdy. I'm not going to lie about that, <laughs> but a lot of fun. People should check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those kind of like, you know, festivals that just like take up a random, what would be a parking lot the other 11 months of the year. Yeah. Like, those are always such an amazing time. You always. go around to little shops and you buy things and you get a turkey leg and it's just great fun. Yeah. Oh, it's a great time. Uh, 47. Least favorite state. I don't know if I have any personal vendetta against state. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle of the country. Uh where I might not get the best reception for some of my views and thoughts on things. Uh, I'll go with that. That's fair. Yeah. More than fair. Uh, Oh, hold on. Oh, just for Greg Miller. I'll put uh, Kansas. Kansas sucks. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was a special shout out to, uh, to Greg Miller. Love it. Uh, 48 best thing you've ever won i can't think of any like i haven't won anything of any major significance you know it would just have to be a lot about me personally and how i Mm -hmm. felt about it so like i was very excited that i won things like um a singing contest at a theme park randomly one time with my sisters and i think we only won because we were like the only seven the or whatever <laughs> and it was cute um uh, the you. love of my husband <laughs> it gets a solid silver to that that yeah that you can't beat the high of theme park singing to like a food court like you know <laughs> if i've said it once i've said it a thousand times you can't beat that high you just can't exactly uh, 49. Is there anything you've collected or had a collection of? Yes. Uh, I actually am not a person who enjoys 
having things around me, but you can kind of see here, I've got some back here. Like I, I have a great collection of game informers and they Yeah. were, um, they were much larger before I left for college because they got left at home and then parents move and, and who knows where everything goes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do enjoy the physical medium of print magazines, especially video game magazines. Um, and since that's so few and far between, I don't have to worry too much about space. Um, but yeah, I, I like to collect some video game memorabilia. You know, I have a like a cute little little woo-loo right here. Um, but yeah, I, at the end of every year, I usually do a big like cleaning out for uh, spring cleaning and I get rid of anything that hasn't. brought me joy <laughs> Ooh, um very Marie so Kondo style. yeah I like mm -hmm, that. mm Yes. -hmm. so most of the time i i don't have a, a great store of collectible things Gotcha. Uh, question 50, dubbed the Ryan Davis, and the last of the fighting questions, I swear. okay i'm ready You're in a fight to the death yep with another person equal to your size. okay I can You're, do this. you're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or a six-inch non-serrated knife, knowing the other weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. Which do you choose, knife or bat? Knife. Very easy. Okay. Because <laughs> it's really making sure that it doesn't get used by the other person. Yes. Because there is no... Like, whereas if you got into the right position, you could neutralize a bat to some degree. But it's a much harder thing to get a knife out of somebody's hand. Um, you just have to, like, close the gap a little bit. But uh... 100% agree. I'm firmly <laughs> mm team knife. -hmm. Yep. I'm with you. Team knife. We should get a uh, shirt. <laughs> More Jill Groat. More of me. More questions. Still to come in the second half of this episode. But first, let's just send a quick shout out to the people who do the wonderful music for this show. Don't you love it? You're listening to it right now. It's good. Like the song right now from the Mini Vandals, or the song that's going to play us back from break from DJ Williams, the opening song from Diala, or the closing one from Single Friend. And, uh, hey, if you like what you hear, maybe at the end of the show, maybe right now, why don't you tell a friend about it? Send a tweet. Send a co-host. Mastodon about it. I don't know. Uh, or at least rate us five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but let's get back to the show! Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We got one more thing before we get back to the show. Something brand new, something I'm very excited about. It's the 99 Questions Hotline? Hotline. 
sure. That's what we're going to go with. I created a phone number for you to call. You can leave me a voicemail. If you have questions for me, if you have questions about the show, if you have questions for future guests, you can call in, leave a voicemail, and your voice might be the one actually asking the question live on the show. Well, not live. It's pre-recorded. But you know what I mean. I got the number right here. 732-592-9838. That spells out real wax vet. That's right. Real wax vet. Like a veterinarian who's really made of wax. I don't know. All the good numbers are taken, so this is the closest one I could get. Real wax vet. One more time, that's 732 592 98 38. Give it a call. Leave a message. Have a great day. So, Jill. Okay. Uh, you have started this endeavor semi-recently uh, <laughs> called The Indian Former, uh, which I am, I am absolutely a fan of. Thank uh, you so much. I think you're doing a heck of a job over there. Uh, but my question to you is, in, oh, I don't know, I'm just throwing out a number, five years' time. Obviously, who can predict the world in five years? But do you have a an ideal goal of what you'd like this to be? Would you want it to be just, uh, you know, your, yourself, but to a bigger audience? Is this something that possibly you'd even love to, uh, you know, bring on a, a team of people to to review independent games? Just in your in your perfect world, in your perfect vision, what what might that, uh, you know, what what might that site look like? See, the strange thing about the answer I'm going to give you is mm-hmm. I, a lot of my reasoning behind the Indian former is incredibly selfish. Mm. Um, in the sense that most of its goals feed into what's best for me as a person. Yeah. Um, so what it is and what I hope it continues to be is just a, a platform for me to continue to be enthusiastic about games you know and not just talking to myself in a room with like no one here to listen um and as i you know i i left game informer which is it's still a wild sentence um because i never thought i would and that was my dream job and you kind of have to imagine your life after your dream you know that's sort yeah. of a hard thing that that, is that time period sentence. is like yeah like i can't not do anything because you know i get bored <laughs> um i don't want to go back into like the museum field or something normal i know too much about this i have institutional knowledge about the industry that i i don't want to throw away and have nothing to do with anymore yeah um so it really was just a place and is currently a place for me to say hey this is a cool thing and i want to like explain it to you 
and also sort of on the fringe of that knowing indie games don't get enough love they don't get the love that they certainly deserve yeah um and and people like being a place where people can come and, and say like hey i have this game can you talk about it whether or not that's someone who's doing their first project ever or someone who's got the backing of like a Annapurna or Devolver Digital or, you know, something like that. Um, So the answer to your question being where do I kind of see myself and this site in five years is really hopefully the same in the fact that I want it to be something I'm enjoying, something I'm not stressing over because that's a big part of my goal is not burning out and not um overworking myself which is really easy to do yeah um but i mean that could certainly mean bringing people on and like i've had kind of offers of people reaching out to me and being like hey i want to be involved and um I've sort of turned them all down at this point because uh, I'm doing it for myself and currently not interested really in working with people I can't pay. Like I want to be, this industry is really good with not paying you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. And that's not what I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be a force for good. um, And if I were to bring people on, it would require now like, okay, now I need to start a crowdfunding thing and see if I can be successful uh, probably talking to Hanson about strategies and that sort of thing and seeing if it would work out um, and right now I'm just not ready for that um, but maybe in five years that's where we are you know maybe yeah. Indies have taken over the world and I'm the number one news <laughs> and previews and stuff out outlet for video games and who knows that would be cool that'd be Um, really cool yeah (laughs) but i think the number one goal is just to make sure it's it's still a place i am enjoying i love that yes absolutely and i truly wish you all the best on that (laughs) thank you Uh, so much and in a world where uh my game of the year is an indie game vampire survivor fantastic very good just came out today on uh xbox on xbox oh it's the best it's the best uh, who knows? The, the the limits are endless at that point. But exactly. uh, uh, but we got so many more questions. I'm who ready. knows how many? But <laughs> there's no know. possible way of getting to the bottom of how <laughs> many questions there could be. <laughs> impossible. It's impossible. Uh, Fifty one. What's your phone wallpaper right now? Um, I had it on a little like art of tunic oh um but i changed it very recently i saw this picture and it's like a somewhat impressionistic i don't know if i can uh of a forest and like the reason that it kind of caught my eye is because of this this figure right here yeah um it is not it the title didn't suggest inspiration but to me it really looked like frodo uh, Lord of the Rings mm. hero. So it was kind of like it's fall to me suggests the sort of changing of things and adventurousness. And yeah. and so I try to have a lot of my phone covers be 
um, connected to the seasons and what's happening outside because I don't get outside that much <laughs> sitting at my desk trying to write about indies all day. <laughs> um, so it it captured this sort of lovely spirit of changes in the air, even though it's not uh, ostensibly a fall picture. Yeah, doesn't have like, you know, brown leaves on the ground, but it, right. it still it captures the vibe. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, 52? What's the last thing you Googled? <laughs> uh, I'm afraid that the last thing I Googled is election results. I um, am trying to yeah. see how everything is uh, settling, and <laughs> California is fantastic in that you can mail in your vote. Um, but that does also mean that it takes a little while to get everything in and, and count everything. So yeah. I'm hoping things go uh, certain certain ways. <laughs> yes. Um, Even though yeah, I wanted just... to try, kind of unplug from all that, yeah, I found myself on election night Googling New York Times, you know, like election tracker more just times. Just let me I, know if it's you know, okay. <laughs> please. Can I still go to work tomorrow? Is it okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, 53. You have to name your next pet without seeing them. What do you name them? I 100% did this with my last pet. Oh, um, I love it. We had decided that our cat's name, uh, at the time, uh, totally imaginary, we were never going to get us another cat. Um, but that cat's name would be Noodles. Um, because it's the cutest name of all time. And we're Very like, good. that's such a cute name for a cat. And anytime we'd like explain the name to people, they immediately say like, oh my God, that's the cutest cat name I've ever heard. <laughs> Even like um like the vet and stuff will say that. So that's always really funny. Um, but it's funny because we got her and it turns out she's like a dilute calico. Okay. So instead of being like bright patches of red and black and um she looks just like a gray cat. But then Ooh. if you look at her face, she's got like a little splotch of like red here and red here, and then like down here. So it kind of looks like she attempted to eat spaghetti. <laughs> uh so it works out really well and we can pretend that that's why we named her that but a hundred percent just because noodles is a cute name it fits thematically it fits name it, it's perfect it's perfect uh 54 what professional wrestler would you compare yourself to i unfortunately do not have uh a huge love. I know that this is a thing that's happening in this culture and I should be more involved. The only person I know to tell, to say anything about this is Austin Creed. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. 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 The man does an amazing D and D game. If you've ever seen him play. Um, I, yeah. So, I mean, that's really how the only reason I know of him and it seems like a lovely human being. So I'll go there. Seems like a heck of a guy to me. Great. <laughs> I was fully expecting just like The Rock. No, that's a good deep cut. That's Thank you. Excellent. Uh, 55. What's your comfort food on a bad day? Oh, it's going to be something with carbs. <laughs> it's going to wow. be yeah. like bread or sometimes I'll just grab a tortilla, like just Ooh. the tortilla and ball it up and stuff it in my mouth. That's not good for you. That's terrible. But... 
Listen, we've all done the tortilla, a little bit of shredded cheese, throw it in the microwave for like 15 seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little hot sauce if you're feeling fancy. Mm-hmm. It's no shame there. Uh, 56, favorite smell. I'm a big fan of lavender and jasmine smells. Um, the smell of like cut grass is always good. I enjoy Ooh. like an earthy tone if it like after. Okay, I have an answer. Oh, As oh. I was rambling, <laughs> I, it is the smell of the morning after it is rained. Mm. There's really nothing better than that. A tricor, right? Something like that. <sighs> Is there a name for it? I literally learned that on a previous episode That's of the show. So. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm going to use that. This is all coming full circle. <laughs> uh, 57. Best candy. Best candy. I'm a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like... I, I like candies that are basically sugar. Um, that are essentially sugar, but pretending to be something else. So I can pretend like I didn't just stick stick my hand into a bag of sugar <laughs> and throw it in my mouth. So mm-hmm. I do enjoy things along the lines of like um, candy corn and circus peanuts. Uh, and these are candies that people like to tease me about, but they're delicious because they're straight candy. Yeah. Uh, straight sugar. Um, currently, what is left over from Halloween right now is a bunch of Smarties. So that's what I've been munching on for a while. And it's, again, just sugar. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Also, use this as a springboard. Anytime Smarties is mentioned, I love this. I grew up in the town that the Smarties factory was in. So when I was walking to school, if you left early enough, like when they, whatever, turned on the factory... Like the whole last fifteen minutes of your walk to school would smell like candy, like a I Willy Wonka this. dream. <laughs> and the rumor always was, if you knocked on their door as a kid, they would just like give you a couple Smarties. I never had the guts to do it. But, oh no! Um, yeah, that's always been that's the, you know, the best story. Love it, love it, love Smarties for that exact reason because that memory is always burned in my brain. <laughs> uh, Fifty-eight worst candy. Okay, I'm ready. Everyone can come at me. But um, I don't enjoy Mm -hmm. chocolate. Wow. I I referenced earlier my mom's allergic to caffeine, Mm -hmm. which is a ingredient one finds in chocolate. So uh, growing up, I did not. It wasn't in the house. It wasn't really something that I enjoyed and like it's hard to explain this to people who have been eating it all their lives but chocolate really is an acquired taste i can (laughs) see that yeah um so there are certain types that i enjoy um but for the most part if someone offers me a chocolate something i'm like oh thanks and then like pass it to my husband who loves (laughs) which works out um, but yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of chocolate. It's the raging bull of desserts. You know, they <laughs> get out of here with the raging bull. It makes me so angry. I wasted my life watching that movie. <laughs> That's an hour forty. I want that. Uh, Fifty nine. 
What's a restaurant you'd recommend? Um, we have a lovely ramen place around here called Silver Lake Ramen, and it's so fantastic. I, it's really bad for you. Um, I mean, a lot of sodium, but ooh, a lot of sodium, boy, but that is so good. good. Especially right now as it's getting colder and you're like, I just want something warm. Their pork belly is, I don't know what they do to this, but oh, oh. God. <laughs> Chef's making, kiss. Making me melt over here. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> And if I if I get anything uh, put on a throw pillow, it's always it's going to be the phrase. If you have the option of paying a dollar to get an extra soft boiled egg in your ramen, always pay that dollar. That is the <laughs> most invaluable dollar you'll ever spend. I always have that the best. That is a policy for me, but for avocado, if they offer avocado, you pay for that avocado. Yeah, always upcharge. Not a question. I don't care. You put it in there, sir. <laughs> That box should come pre-checked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I should have to opt out. <laughs> 60. What's a food you've never eaten? Probably something very normal to other people. And, and it just doesn't, you know, go with me. But, yeah. of course, you think of the extreme things. So I'm thinking, like, like a tripe or, like, mm. um, any sort of animal-related treat of that sort treated quotes yeah. yes um liver and onions like mm. that sort of anything that doesn't sound particularly appealing <laughs> like a pickled pig's feet yeah a... like i know there are people who who like that you know um you know not trying to yuck your yum you enjoy your pig's feet <laughs> but uh no i'm good that's fair that's fair uh, 61 strangest food that you have eaten. I, I've had a good range of things, I feel. Um, probably snail, like escargot. Mm. Uh, when in France, you know, you do as the French do. Of course. Um, like late night tortilla stuffed into my mouth with a little cheese. <laughs> Just as fancy, just as yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably one of the weirdest things. It's good, it's got a weird consistency, but yeah, other than that, you know, totally fine. Yeah, usually it's a good like brown sauce it's cooked yeah, it's in. Got yeah, a little, it's absolutely. got a buttery feel, like buttery, garlicky, herby taste because that's you know, the sauce that's been in. Yeah, you could put butter and garlic and herb on a flip flop, and I'd probably have a bite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm down. 62. What's typical day off? A typical day off. It's funny because like when you do a job that is also your hobby, your days off look very similar to your days on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> normally I sleep in longer. I like to sleep in, uh, but trying to keep disciplined even though like there's nobody like that that's one of the things about working for yourself there's nobody who's like if you don't get in by 8 30 you know <laughs> so yeah. it's really tempting sometimes to just like oh, i'll sleep until whenever and get but i like you miss all the news and you miss like the time for people to see things and um so i try really hard to wake up at my alarm which is a bright and shining crack of eight o'clock in the morning. 
All right. Um, <laughs> I was expecting a little deeper into the day. That's that. Yeah, that is it's very not terrible. Yes. Um, and I think I try to go out more because I have the time. I'm one of those people that if I know I have something to do, like perhaps talking to someone lovely on a podcast. Oh. oh. Uh, I don't. I don't go out because I I have a fear of like being stranded somewhere and not being able to meet my obligation, even though it's, you know, if I'm going to go mail something or something, like, I know it's going to take me 15 minutes to get there and come back. It's not going to be, but I I really have a phobia of not being there. I get that, um, yeah. Yeah, so I'll go out and about and just sort of I think a lot of it too is mental. It's I allow myself to just exist mm. and to not worry and to, you know, it ha- be happy with like I don't have anything on my plate that I need to be doing right now. Fantastic. Uh, sixty-three bucket list item that you accomplished. Uh, work for Game Informer. Boom. That's a biggie. That's a that biggie. Is a biggie. 64 bucket list item you probably won't accomplish like becoming a princess or something <laughs> like <laughs> weaseling my way into royalty always again tomorrow's yeah. another day you, you never know, know. i Rock never stop attempting princess <laughs> they're that all seems doable they're all one checkbox away yep <laughs> Question 65, dubbed by previous guests, the realest question of the bunch. Name of a friend you don't keep in contact with, but regret it. Um, a lot of people from that first, I was just thinking about this, from my first real museum job, Mm. I worked at the computer, no, um, the tech museum was my first real job it's not called that anymore i think it's called the innovation museum or the tech museum Mm. or tech innovation something something they've changed it for the millennials (laughs) (laughs) those people um and it was just like it it was a hard job because it wasn't it, it was in the field i wanted but it wasn't like it was on the floor kind of taking tickets and like helping people and that wasn't exactly what i was looking to do uh, and you get, you know, customer service complaints. Yeah. Um, but the people that I worked with were all just fantastic human beings. And we were all like keeping each other going. And we would have every Friday would be like after work, we'd all go out to enjoy our each other's company and, and eat. And um we did this thing I started, which was so stupid. <laughs> we had um like a murder mystery. Oh. Yeah, and I would ch- I would make a murder mystery like every couple of weeks or so, and like write clues. Um, and the clues I would hide throughout the exhibits. Oh, <gasps> that's awesome. So while they were like doing their job, they might see like a slip of paper and like grab it. <laughs> And like read it and and you could you had to have a certain amount of knowledge to kind of figure out what had happened and piece things together. Um 
And at the end of the day, on like Thursday or something, we would all gather around the like a uh, break room table and be like, "This is what I know. This is what I know." <laughs> but actually, this is what happened. <laughs> um, and it was just a lot of silly, silly fun, and it was probably really like stupid because if anyone in management had sort of caught us, it would have been. Like, why are you putting strips of paper around that say, like, so-and-so cheated on so-and-so? Like, that's not helpful. Um, yeah. It was helpful in solving the mystery. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, all of that group, um, and especially a couple of people from them, like Alexandra and Lindsay, if you happen to be listening, I would love to be hanging out with more. But, mm. you know, you it's been, I think, a decade. So you just kind of, yeah. Fine. It happens. Yeah. To rivers going down different streams. I don't know. There's a metaphor there somewhere. There's a but... metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 66. What's a game that makes you feel nostalgic? I actually, it's very strange, but uh, Tunic, which came out this year, makes me feel nostalgic, even though, like, it's wow. a new game. But uh, it's part of the reason I love it so much because it manufactures nostalgia in a way that's so bizarre. Mm. Perfectly natural in the setting of the game, but it it is a game that is built around the way games worked pre-internet. Mm. And sort of like getting people together and having them like, did you find this thing? Because I found that thing and do you, did you try what happened when this thing happened? What does that thing do? Because I know it does a thing. Um, which unfortunately, you know, you can go online and like look up and stuff uh, for a lot of things. But when I was reviewing it, you can't because it hasn't come out and no one knows. So it was very much that kind of community um, aspect. And just the fact that the game revolves around um, a manual which you collect in the game. And it's just like, ah, oh, I miss having those pages, even though that wasn't a long period of time in my gaming career. Uh, Cause you know, that era was mostly before my time, mm. but it did give me a sense of nostalgia for that, you know? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's, that's a fascinating insight into that game. That's already really, really good. So <laughs> Play it, everybody. <laughs> uh, 67. What game have you spent the most time playing? I mean, it's, it, it has to be something like Skyrim, right? Because it's like... Uh, just from the multiple releases. Right? And you have to put so many hours into it anyway. Yeah. And you always do another thing where you're like, I'm not going to be a sneak archer this time. <laughs> and then I am. Yeah. I don't want to hop up that mountain, but... <laughs> Here we are again. Here we go. <laughs> 68. What's something you built with your own hands? Um, I... What was... Oh, there's a shelf right here. You can't see it. It's oh. behind me. Or behind <laughs> you. Um, That came and I was very excited about it because it was the perfect size and placement and, and theme vibe that I wanted. Um, and uh... My husband, who is a, an engineer and loves putting things together, is typically the person who gets the instructions out and starts putting everything together. But this time, I did it. 
And I Whoa. was super excited. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. Uh, question 69. Best pickup line. Some... <laughs> it's the dumbest ones, right? Because they make you laugh. So, oh, yeah. Like the, did it hurt? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, or just some, just something really stupid. Because like any any pickup line that is said with any form of sincerity is immediately like, nah, you missed you missed the mark on that one. Yeah, there's an air of of skeeviness on yeah. any genuine ones, you know. I think if you're using a pickup line, you've gone astray. Like typically, if you're flirting with someone, if you're interested, you, you just talk. You just talk. Yeah. Say hey, how you doing? Best pickup line. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Joey Not like Triviani that though. Style. Everybody. <laughs> I gotcha. Question seventy. Have you ever had any good nicknames? The Indian Informer was actually a nickname I was given during Ooh. the Game Informer era, and that is part. Of a big part of why it's called that. Nice. Is that an Alex Stadnick? Uh... I I will give Van Aken the bulk of the points for that, but it was Stadnick who was who started the sort of gag of trying to find me a nickname. So he gets <laughs> a little bit of the points. That's fair. Yeah, you got to split the points accordingly. Yes. <laughs> Seventy-one. Do you believe in love at first sight? No, not really. Um, I think that you can decide very quickly whether you are attracted to a person um, and kind of get a sense of perhaps whether or not you could be compatible. But I think love is something that takes uh, knowing a person, um, you know, I met my husband in high school, uh, or I started dating him in high school. We actually met, like, you know, you're in classes with people for yeah the same people <laughs> from like elementary to whatever. But um, so I already had a good concept of like who he was, where. Like what his life observations were, views on life and family life and uh, experiences thus far, which were not, you know, expansive as we were both very young at the time. Yeah. Um. So I think that was a fairly simple thing to be like, okay, let me get to know you as a person and and go from there. Um. And it took so long for us to get married because we didn't get married until 24. We started dating at. 15, 16, um, just because we went to different colleges and um, dated all throughout, but still kind of like the year before we got married was the first year we'd ever lived together, you know, yeah. even though you've been yeah. together for so long. Uh, and you don't know if the person's like weird or like doesn't <laughs> believe in a couch blanket or likes to leave the windows open or, you know. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't Luckily, all of that. A couch blanket. Couch blanket is so important to life. I'm not gonna right. lie. Like yeah. if you if if my partner did not believe in a couch blanket and thought that it was a thing that only needed to stay with the bed, mm -mm. we'd have a hard time. <laughs> you gotta agree. Whether it's a full on blanket, I, listen. I'll go as far as comforter. 
I'll go Afghan, whatever's whatever's necessary. You know, yeah. I got a full like faux fur, <laughs> like Ooh. eight foot. Like it's fantastic. Yeah. Even those things that look like tortillas that I see on Instagram all the mm-hmm. time, whatever yeah. those things are. If anything, anything you throw on there. I agree with you there. 72. <laughs> What's a big turnoff of yours? Uh, I'm not a big fan of arrogance. I'm not a big fan of um, people who treat people that they think don't have anything for them poorly. Mm. Um, anybody like having my kind of initial experiences in work being at sort of the customer facing level, um, anybody who would treat anyone at that, in that position poorly or with derision or looking down, like you don't know the depths of like feeling bad about the world until like a nine-year-old has looked you in the eyes and been like, do you know who I am? You know, sort of attitude. Like, uh, yeah, anybody who would sort of use a a place of authority to make life, maybe their life better at the expense of other people. uh, These are all things that are an absolute no-go. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent answers. Uh, 73. Do you consider yourself an artist? Writing is an artistic endeavor. Mm. Um, It's certainly creative in that way. It comes from you. And I understand a lot of the, like, the concept of the muses working through you. Because a lot of the times when I write something, I'll, like, come up for air afterwards and sort of not, like... (laughs) Yeah. I have no memory of, of having said this and I read I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. I'm glad I said it that way. <laughs> you just enter um, this fugue state of just <laughs> yeah. fingers moving. Like at yeah. the best times. At the worst times, it's like pulling teeth and it's absolutely horrendous. And you're like, why can't I think of a single word that works? And I hate this. But that's also an artistic um, side effect as well. So, yeah, I think artistic. Absolutely. Uh, 74. What's something you tried to cook and failed? Anything, really. Um, <laughs> recently, this was not my fault, but recently I made spaghetti, which, you know, not a very difficult culinary feat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really proud of myself because I chopped up some, like, shallots and, like, garlic um, oh. to make it all smell really nice. And, um... I guess I had left the water on for too long. Water was fine. Everything, the food was fine. But the handles on my pan, my like water pan, had started to like burn. And the whole house smelled like kind of melting plastic. Oh my. And I was so upset because I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. I'm making dinner and it's going to be exciting. And then it was just like, you can't smell any of the lovely like herbs or spices or garlic or anything I put into this over the smell of burning plastic. (laughs) Burning plastic (laughs) usually overtakes shallots. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. Uh, uh, 75 dubbed the Ben Hansen after, uh, (laughs) That French celebrity from earlier. Oh, yeah. 
What's the greatest piece of art ever made? <laughs> this was such a fun run of <laughs> uh, things because I the other degree that I have besides ancient Rome is art history. Ah. Um, and there is a big discussion in that um, about what art is and the kind of conclusion being that like it's not really a definable thing uh which i like to steal for indies because like a lot of people have a definition for what indies are Ooh. and it's not the same definition um so greatest piece of art like in the world or just in general i'm gonna say their greatest piece of art is something that I believe demonstrates kind of that we are all people connected to each other um, and underneath all of our differences are actually very similar human beings and we should all be able to get along. Every culture that has um, the ability to be near ingredients for this create something that is just fried dough fried Ooh. dough is the best piece of art because there's no culture in which you can get ingredients to make a fried dough of some yeah. sort has a fried dough um and it's it's across all cultural like boundaries and borders and there's no point to fried dough. It's not particularly like nutritious. It's not helpful or productive in any way. It is just for the goodness of it. Yeah. So there we go. Fried dough. Fried dough. Greatest piece of art ever made. I love it. <laughs> uh, 76. Have you ever had something happen to you that you would consider paranormal? Probably not. Oh, I, I believe in the paranormal in that I believe in the power of the human mind to create reality. Mm. Um, so my fear is real, whether or not the thing in reality is correct or not. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so there is there there are a few haunted places in California. Um I've been to some of them. Um but we went to the Hotel Del Coronado. Um I can't remember why we were doing this. I was with a bunch of extended family. Um and we went into a um like a big meeting room or whatever and the door closed behind us and would not open and there was no one around. We know there was no one playing tricks Ooh. on us. Whether and and at that moment, no matter whether or not in reality there exists any such thing as ghosts, which I I don't believe there do that I don't believe ghosts really exist. But in that moment, my fear did not care what reality was. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that I was in a place that was famous for being haunted, and I was now inexplicably trapped in a room. <laughs> <laughs> so in that moment. Supernatural was happening. Yeah. Nothing could have been more real. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, 77. Would you ever use a Ouija board? 
Yes, and I, in fact, I have. <gasps> Didn't smell anything in particular. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Said, don't. Please open the door. <laughs> uh, 78. Simply, why? There's a good question in there, and I, I contemplated that a lot uh, before starting the Indian Farmer. Like, why do things happen? Why am I continuing? Why do I have the need to continue on? Like, life is it's beautiful, you know? Like, if you stop and just kind of, like, exist for a minute, you're like, there's so many good things in the world. There are a lot of bad things, but there are a lot of good, wonderful things happening. Yeah. And I want to be a part of it. I think that is a exceptional answer to that. Yes. <laughs> uh, 79. If given the chance, when would you time travel to? Um. The the initial thing I want to say, because like I've studied it so much, is like ancient Rome. But having studied ancient Rome, I know very well that I would not have a great time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I would have to stipulate being extraordinarily wealthy, all of my finding some way to have a legacy where all of my menfolk are dead. Um, <laughs> then I could have some measure of agency over my life and that'd be fine. Uh, and also going back into ancient Rome and being fair skinned and red haired would probably indicate a certain lineage that mm. might point to perhaps having not been a free person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Rome is very interesting in the fact that that doesn't seem to be terribly important. Like, obviously, you have connotations, but like, they are interesting in the fact that, like, it, the more Roman you act, the more Roman you are. So, if I had, if I was able to to be Roman, then that would be fine. But um, I guess the real answer would have to be sometime when I had basic human rights and uh, probably running water and <laughs> yeah, of. <laughs> uh, things of this nature so it, it wouldn't be terribly far back yeah, in the that future is an unfortunately small window of time <laughs> yeah uh, no, I, I hear you uh 70 no 80 Ooh. <laughs> have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it yes um it's not going to be exercising because i never see that <laughs> Um, I, it's all about, it's all about my career right now. Um, I was at a job working at the Computer History Museum, um, fairly well paid, everyday kind of job, job security, benefits, all of that. Yeah. Um, and then very quickly, my life changed. I, you know. The decision wasn't quick. It had happened over a long period of time. But um, quitting my job, secure, safe day job, moving across the country to Minnesota to be a, an intern at Game Informer, 
was just the most wild change you could ever have expected, especially since I was uh, in my late 20s at the time. It's not really a time that you think about, like, totally, like, ending your career and starting a new one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, it all worked out, and I am still in games media. So. Yeah. That's, wow. What a call. What <laughs> a call. It's a wild, wild, very stupid decision. <laughs> but it's worked out. I love those. Those are the best kind of decisions. <laughs> uh, 81, what game show, past or present, would you love to be a contestant on? Like, I think the first thing that popped into my head was Family Feud. But mm. the problem is that all the answers are so dumb. You know, yeah. it's like, who did you pull for this? <laughs> Someone who's never seen a doorknob before? Come on. <laughs> um, And every single episode at this point, they they have one full round, at least, that is only there for the YouTube video compilations and the memes. And it's always just like, all right. I can't not come up with a dirty answer to this question. You know what I right? mean? Like, Give and... me your look, Steve Harvey, because I said it. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. I know mm -hmm. what you're going to do. Let's just give me the 13 points and move on. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. Like, I don't want to be on a game show that's about my knowledge. Mm. Because no matter how knowledgeable I am about something, as soon as it becomes a like a trivia based thing, I immediately forget the basics of anything, yeah. and then I look very dumb. Or like, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? I would get to like the first question and just absolutely biff. <laughs> um, Price is Right is the kind of the same thing. I'd be like, you're asking me how much a cup of tea is and I drink tea all the time but suddenly I think it's like $50 <laughs> so some oh something like um oh you know it'd be great and it doesn't it's not on anymore but it's like um like double dare like one of those early 90s Ooh, things yeah. that was just like purely physical but like not too physical where i had to actually like run or anything but just like <laughs> stick my hand in a nose giant gotta get that flag thing. out of there yeah yeah like that's the kind of yeah that's it right there that's our answer i like it i like it a lot 82 what's a quote that you love i'm a big fan of oscar wilde mm. um so I like all of his, like, uh, losing one parent uh, can be seen as an accident. Losing both is careless. Like, anything that's just just that sort of flippant sort of look on life and yeah. very serious matters that you turn around and just make ridiculous. Um, and then occasionally he comes up with, like, everybody's looking at, everyone's walking in the gutters, but some of us are looking up at the stars. and. And that sort of thing. So, like a lot of things that he says, things that are just really fun and, and easy to quote, and yeah. and have a sort of deeper, like, make you think to it. No, I love it. Eighty three. What's the best shirt that you own? Recently, in my on my trip to Amsterdam, mm -hmm. walked into a store, did not try anything on, picked <laughs> up three things, and walked out. Wow. I, like I paid. 
I did not steal them. I did pay for them. Um, and with my thinking being like, I'm in between things. I don't want to miss my next like thing. Um, I don't want to not buy something. I would like, I don't like buying like knickknacks. Uh, like again, I don't love collectibles and I tend to, to get them, throw them out at the end of the year. Yeah. So typically if I go on trips or anything, my souvenirs are edible or wearable or something I can use in my day to day. Um, so that was going to be either just a fun suit, like fun souvenirs, uh, that remind me of like, oh, I went into that store and that was a real fun experience. Um, or hopefully something I could wear. And I went back, uh, later in the evening to my hotel and I tried them on and they all fit perfectly. Oh. Um, two of them were sweaters and one of them was a button up, um, I don't know really. It's kind of like a pleasant peasant blouse, but not quite as um not quite as peasanty as they normally look. Um, gotcha. But it it's a white sort of flaxen shirt. It's the the visual details are really in the texture and how the stitching is kind of put together. Very very lovely. Um, and, and button up shirts, I usually have a very hard time with. So the fact that I put this on and it was a hundred percent perfect fit. Yes. That's shirt fate. That's shirt so fate good. right there. It was so good. So that's my favorite shirt. <laughs> 84. Would you change your middle name? No, I, I've never been a huge fan of it. My middle name is Denise. Ooh. Um, but I am. That's my middle name because that's my mom's middle name. So it's kind of one of those things where, like, it's not the best name, but, like, no one can really make fun of me because I immediately say, like, oh, because that's my mom's middle name. And then if they try to make fun of it, it's like, what, are you making fun of my mom? Get out yeah. of here. <laughs> <laughs> then you throw your fists up and now, uh -huh. you, got, now you got problems. <laughs> Suddenly I have a non-serrated knife. <laughs> Just comes down from on high. I don't know how this happens. They've got a bat in their hands and they're confused. <laughs> Streets of Rage music starts playing. It just all happens. <laughs> uh, 85. What's a good impression you can do? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, um, IDK, am I a BFF of gel? I have a bit of a ballet girl ability. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <Thank> <laughs> also, a very specific. Is that a commercial for like yes, it is. 2000? It is a hundred percent. It made me laugh for so long that I just picked it up. But I, I have a Valley Girl ability, and I, I actually slip into it when I am um, doing a character that indicates someone that is doing something beyond reason. Mm. Um, and I did this when I was at Game Informer at one point. Everyone just stared at me like I was insane. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I did an accent, which maybe doesn't mean anything in Minnesota. In California, that accent has a very particular meaning behind yeah, it. Yeah. You understand who that character is. Yeah. I got to listen to more Frank Zappa. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> makes sense to me. Uh, 86. 
Is there a tattoo you wanted to get, but are glad you didn't get? Oh, I mean, if I ever wanted to get a tattoo, I feel like I wouldn't regret it. But um, I have a real hard time with the idea of something being permanently on me. I don't have anything that I feel like I would never get tired of. Like, mm. I, I'm constantly like moving between um, inspirations and and favorite things. And I, I feel a great deal of enthusiasm for things. And then I move on to the next thing I'm greatly enthusiastic about. Um, so having a thing that is like 50 times removed, the most enthused, the thing I'm most enthusiastic about on now permanently branded onto me, um, seems tough, but like in the future, like I've not yet lost, uh, my, my cats yet. I've seen things that are like memorials to to lost pets and that sort of thing like maybe in that circumstance that would make sense um things that are deeply personal maybe but nothing has my life has not been rocky in that sort of way gotcha uh 87 how would you describe your 16 year old self um I will I'll, I'll give my 16 year old self some credit. I wasn't, I had some sense. Okay. You know, but um, I was one of those, like, I, w- I, I liked video games. I was uniquely unfeminine. Um, I was, so I was one of the guys um, and sort of like, like a lot of people around that time, uh, I was random and like had a, the wild energy and, <laughs> um, you know, some things that were just like, oh, I don't know why, why you did that, but you do you, you know? Yeah. Um. So I can't come to regret my 16-year-old self terribly. She made some good decisions. So. Gotcha. 88. What's the worst injury you ever had? Uh, I've been lucky enough to never have a broken bone, but hey, me too. Knock on, knock, knock on wood. wood. <laughs> um, I have a uh, a complexion that gets me greatly into trouble, and uh, I was surfing in Hawaii with my family, and I might have been in my teenage years. Um, and I figured i would be fine just like a little bit of sunscreen in the morning and i was out on the ocean the entire day yeah by the time i got back uh, i was a barber pole in one side of me was white and one side of me was red and i was legitimately i was at the level of like blisters so i was at third degree burn level and we were flying back the next day so I had to like my body I was on a I was on a board so I was flat. Yeah. So that's how my body burned. If you've ever had a sunburn, like you'll know that it, it like like sucks your skin yeah. in and like restricts your movement. Very taut, so, yeah. Yes. So having to like make my body do a sitting motion while I was in that kind of pain was the worst absolute feeling. Oh. It it was so terrible and my uh, 
my sisters thought it was hilarious and I would be like laying on the couch dying and they would come up and like poke me and run away because I couldn't do anything about it. So yeah, absolutely. I probably am um looking I should be looking for like dangerous moles or something that show up <laughs> just from that one uh sunburn. But yeah, absolutely worst injury Oof. I did to myself. A hundred percent my fault. That's that is a rough one. Yeah. Uh eighty-nine. What's a habit of yours you want to break? Um, I a lot of people might have noticed that I have a tendency to hesitate or stumble when I talk, and it bothers me because I'm not. Um, I have something that I am saying, and my brain is going a hundred miles an hour, and trying to get my mouth to mix with, like, be compatible with where my brain is, makes me stop. And then think of, okay, what is it I'm trying to convey at this moment? Uh, and I really wish that I could stop that. Uh, and I'll, I'll try, you know? Yeah. Uh, question 90 on the home stretch time here. Woo. Have you ever lied on your resume? 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who says they hasn't uh, is is lying on their not resume. <laughs> um, they. And it's usually not like wholesale lies. Like I'll never say like I was president of Disney or something. <laughs> um, I I'll say something like I was the leadership of a team and and did this project and ensured blah blah blah. When really I was just like in charge of handing out schedules in the morning or something, you know. But it, it's something that if called on, you could at least. Explain your way out of that, that exactly. bag, you know? Exactly, 100%. Yeah. 91, have you ever punched someone in the face? Uh, like, yes, I think so. Uh, <laughs> and that's a weird answer, I think so. But, like, I, I did Taekwondo for a long time. Uh, um, yes, it is. And that's a part of it is punching people. Um, I've broken boards. That's always fun. Nice. Um, but... Uh, I think typically, like, w when you're sparring, kicks and punches to the face are not good. You're not supposed to do that. But every once in a while, someone, like, ducks or something and gets in your way. Um, so I've never intentionally hit anyone and punched anyone in the face. But I have, in fact, put fist to face. <laughs> I gotcha. 92. Would you ever go to a nude beach? No. <laughs> uh, I would be deeply uncomfortable on both senses. Uh, and the people that typically frequent nude beaches are not the sort of like model glowing Adonises that you hope would be there. Yeah. So Turns out. Yeah. I think <laughs> it is just a, re a recipe for either harassment or... Um, Things he didn't want to see. Uh, very fair. Yeah. Uh, 93. Somehow not the realest question. When was the last time you cried? I mean, it has to have been recently. Um, I played. It was recently. Last Tuesday. Oh, there um, you go. For review, I played a game called A Walk With... I'm going to say Yaya, but it's uh, spelled Y-I-A-Y-I-A. 
it is Greek for grandma, I assume. Uh, and it's this fantastic, fantastic game that everyone should go out and, and buy immediately. Um, and it's only about an hour long. Okay. Uh, and it is kind of exactly what it says. It is you are letting your mom take the day off from taking care of her mother. And you are looking after Yaya. Mm. Uh, she's recently had a very serious fall. So mm. you're making sure that she's okay. And while talking to her, you you realize that she's not been out of the house for weeks. Uh, so you suggest a walk around the neighborhood. And as you're walking around the neighborhood, you talk, themes come up. You talk about the old, like how the generations are similar in like job insecurity and not knowing where your future is going and, and feeling fretful, you know, where, but whereas like her generation, she's talking about like war, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're talking about like, I don't know if my degree is going to help me get like a job and inflation. It's a, a lot of things that really hit me hard and then make me understand maybe older generational people in my life a little better. Oh. And it's just also got a really cool diversity of gameplay. Because when you have a game like that, it seems very much like it's going to be a walking sim and dialogue and all of that yeah. jazz. And there is some to that. But going through the memories, uh, you'll like pilot a plane. You'll play as a grasshopper, like jumping through leaves and rocks and wow. uh, pilot a, a boat, uh, play the piano, like a lot of cool little things that like make the experience. It never drags on. It never feels like it's doing the same thing all at once. Uh, the, the look of it, it's this lovely little chunky pixels. It's black and white, but then uh, anything that moves, anything that has movement like grass um, or like, water it's it that's all rendered kind of in 3d so it's got this really Whoa. pretty sort of already nostalgic looking kind of feel to it that gets you in kind of that mood um and it's just it deals with a lot of deep and heavy things but at the same yeah. time very light and um yeah it's a really really cool story it's a solo developer and it's his first uh game um, and as I was reviewing it, like I finished my review like a professional, and then I <laughs> called up my husband and I cried because my my grandmother passed away some time ago. Mm. Um, and I was like, I'll never have that walk, you know. And like it's making me tear up right now just kind of saying yeah. that. And I'm like, I miss, I miss my grandmother. Um, and like I had to call and like get kind of talked down a little bit and like. Okay, I get back into it. I have to I have to go review something else. Um but yeah, it definitely was a game that that brought a tear to my eye. I I think you might have convinced me to pick this up. <laughs> Please, anybody listening, I, pick it up. I know it's also going to get to me for the exact same reason. Yep. And yeah. Hey, listen, if this is another before your eyes moment, I'm I'm in for it. <laughs> I'm I'm there. ninety <laughs> four. Uh, uh, What's something you've done and will probably never do again? It's just stuff that you do when you're like young enough. Mm. Like I I I feel age 
Like, I'm getting to that point where, like, I can still do everything that I want, and, and I'm relatively young. Um, but I get up in the morning, I'm like, oh, I did not sleep right on that, you know? <laughs> um, so it's just things like jumping off of a 10-foot tree or something, you know? I'm like, oh, yeah. I can't do that anymore. Or, like, uh, eating a whole pizza, you know? like. I'm not going to do that because I'm going to feel so terrible the next day, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's all that little stuff. No, I got to agree with you. Uh, 95, best compliment you ever received? It's going to be something that uh, complements the thought process of something. I guess probably, it's probably like, oh, I like your your dress or whatever. But, um... I know that I've had a couple of times where where people have complimented like oh wow how the way that you've done that and and connected it to this and like accessorized it with that like some something that goes beyond just like oh that looks pretty on you and like oh you brought about this thing that is uh great and and then like of course the other one is always anytime someone compliments your work um, so I had someone really, besides you just very recently saying lovely things, um, I had somebody for, I can't remember, I think it was like I was, they, I was announcing that I was going to be part of Min Max's Trivia Tower, and I put in this very silly, like, uh, explaining what it is and everything, and, and then I did a silly, like, turn to camera very serious they're going down you know that yeah. in, that's how i imagined it sounded in my head but like <laughs> people can't get that necessarily because it's in writing and it you know i can make that very clear if i'm like visually and audibly talking to you um but i had someone read that and they're like i absolutely cracked up when i read that line i was like that is so lovely. I <laughs> never know how that's going to be taken. And I'm so glad you took it in the sort of absurd way I meant it to be taken. Uh, I love that. Uh, 96. Tell me a joke. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, why did the monkey fall out of the tree? I don't know. Why did the monkey fall <laughs> out of the tree? Because it was dead. It's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I love those sorts of jokes. I literally <laughs> can't. I yeah. I'll just like be dying of laughter, and anyone around me is like, "What are you laughing about?" And I'm like, "Because I was dead." <laughs> and they're like, "What? That's not even a joke." Oh, I That's love the it. point. It's great. <laughs> uh, well, 97, 97 used to be a question I came up with that just wasn't all that good. Uh, so I took it and I threw it out and I put it in the recycling bin and I replaced it with the listener question of the week. Uh, and this week, don't you know, because it's my show and numbers don't matter. Uh, your listener question is three questions. Um, of course. <laughs> because we got some, some really solid ones here. Uh, but if anyone has any questions they want to see uh, answered on a future episode of the show, 99, of course, the number 99, questions pod on Twitter or 99 questions pod at gmail.com. 
So we got the first one here for, well, for you from uh, Holden Hints. Hold it out for a hero. Good name. Mm-hmm. When does an indie company cease to be indie? I think you touched on this a little bit earlier, but it's more obvious when they are acquired by a AAA studio. Mm-hmm. But can a company graduate from the indie tagline? Are companies like Finji, Tiny Build, and Humble Games no longer indie because they publish other developers' games? And lastly, should we be using the term double A more to describe these in between studios that haven't quite graduated to AAA, but are definitely beyond, uh, but have definitely developed far beyond indie? Very detailed question there, but yes. it feels, uh, you know, right up your alley there. So the first thing I really want to tackle about mm-hmm. that question, it's not going to answer the question. Um, the language used here mm-hmm. is something that I want to eradicate from the world. Oh, interesting. the idea, and, and this is probably not what the person meant at all, but I'm going to use it to discuss something that bothers me mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, that I see in the world. Um, the the language talks as though indie is a thing that is the starting, and the ideal is the triple A, and that you graduate to finally, you know, you level up until you get to the double A, and then you're yeah. made it. And it's like, no, indie is the desired period at the end thing it is in my deepest opinion a better gaming experience than any triple a i've ever played i if if you if you told me i could no longer play triple a's and i could only play indies i would be a hundred percent happy um so i mean it, it speaks to a lot of a lot of what i see especially even in the industry, the year that um, oh, what was Ember Labs game? Bridge of Ken and oh, Bridge of Ken, Spirits. Yes, Bridge of Spirits. Yeah. Uh, one best indie game when it came out. I think it was twenty twenty one or. It feels like last year, but yeah, yeah. The last couple have been a blur. So yeah, <laughs> go which that. like congratulations to them. They did a lot of hard work. That's great. Um, but. A lot of the discourse surrounding that was really upsetting to me because mm. so many people were like, yeah, it looks like a triple A. They've done it. Congrats. That's the best an indie game can do is actually look like a triple A. And I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> like yeah. indies are not like something you settle for because you can't have like they don't have the technical know-how or the money to be a triple A. Like, it's because the indie experience is the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that language is something I want to get rid of. And I want people to see indies as a form of art in and of itself. Um, as to what an indie actually is and when a studio stops being indie, it's, again, that thing about art and not being able to define it mm. in a real way. Indies. Um, there are people who believe they're like a hundred percent. There is a definition of an indie, and it the definition is it is made by 
even even in this, it, it changes either a person or a group of people, but that group of people can have absolutely no help whatsoever. Mm. Except if they crowdfund, I guess that's fine. <laughs> um, but if they get money from anyone, then it's no longer an indie. I absolutely do not believe this. Um, even things like It Takes Two, which a lot of people don't count as an indie, I do. Um, Hazelight is a great indie studio. Mm. And they that game was published by EA Originals, not EA, EA Originals, which is a program put on by EA. Mostly, I suspect, for goodwill. Um, <laughs> but to help indies be able to accomplish their goals. So, gotcha. like, at what yeah. point do you um, punish a, a, an actual indie game because it managed to win an award of money, even mm. if that money comes... Like, if that money comes from a big place, suddenly it's not an indie. But if it comes from millions of fans around the world then it's still indie like that's not a definition that makes sense to me yeah um so and a lot of people i find that i'm talking to in the industry are are having this problem as well um because there is no real definition of indie there is no requirement of what an indie is beyond i mean i think anybody you talk to there's a, a a necessity for it not to be coming out of some of the biggest publishers and to be owned and conceived of in that space. Um, so I, when I, I had a similar question asked to me recently on uh, Twitter and I put up the um, example of um, Mediatonic and Fall Guys. Absolutely, one hundred percent started as an indie was uh, acquired by Epic, mm-hmm. so I no longer count it as an indie. It's sort of hard not to follow it though, because it started as an indie and it's like such an amazing success story. Yeah. But whatever they do in the future, being acquired by Epic will certainly not be an indie. Yeah, um, Epic with their infinite resources, it it appears at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. Um so I think that there is some element of what the indie definition is is sort of the kind of intent of what it is and how it started and how it was conceived. Um so and some of it is just like it's hard to explain but you know it when you see it. Mm. Like I know what an indie looks like and I can disagree with people about what different indies are. I think the double tr- A space is a a separate thing in the way that like a B movie and an A tier movie yeah. uh, is is sort of defined. Like you know, if you're getting a campy, silly monster story, that it wasn't going for being a double A, but or a tier movie with big stars and whatever it was just yeah. trying to make a thing but like indie film is certainly not b movie yeah so like true. it's very similar concept to me like an indie game is its own thing a target in and of itself and then 
a double A game is a thing defined by not being a triple A. Gotcha. <laughs> a little a little blurry lines, but yeah, I think Yeah. I, I, I think, think that's you... that's what's hard about it is like people want there to be like this is the category, these are the rules to it, and this is you know how you can put everything in perfectly, but yeah. it, it doesn't really work that way. Um but like I there is certainly within the indie sphere um striations. <laughs> Yeah. As well, which absolutely. makes it even messier because you have like the triple eyes of like <laughs> you know the top these... indie developers, yeah. Yeah, like Annapurna Interactive and Devolver Digital and Team yep. 17 and Finji, which is hilarious because I've I've spoken with um Rebecca Saltzman, who's one of the uh founders um of Finji, and to have I'm sure that she would find that absolutely hilarious to to think that she was her company is somehow this like um worthy of AAA. <laughs> like you can't be an indie if you're published by Finji. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean there are some people who believe that you just can't be an indie if you're published. And that's wild. Mm. Uh I think there are publishers like Devolver Digital and uh, Annapurna and Finji and all that who are indie publishers yeah and they publish indies like they're not going out there and publishing god of war you know like that's not what they're looking for they are looking for indies and they are looking for indies to help (laughs) yeah you know like it should not be a limitation of the field that you like it shouldn't be limited to people who are fortunate enough and have the financial means to make it through the world until their game can sell. Yeah. Like that's a very, like having that sort of cap on, on what an indie is uh, and not allowing them to get outside funding uh, really limited limit who can be and uh, who can be an indie creator. And we've sort of seen that in the, in the indie history so far is typically you got the white male creator who's single-handedly created the best thing ever and like i'm not gonna dog on people like i've certainly played games that fit that description um but i love what i love about indies being so popular right now and being able to have more publishers and more opportunities for people that you're getting such a larger and more diverse uh kind like creators and also games because of that so uh i think i think that it, somewhere in there i answered the question sort of. <laughs> yes i i have a hunch you're passionate about these indie games i'm getting um. the distinctive <laughs> vibe there yeah your listeners uh made a mistake oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, next question from Flamin' Queso himself. Ooh. Thank you, Greg. Uh, another two-parter, but, uh, Catnit is one, because why not? Yeah. Uh, how many times have you heard <laughs> I am Groat as a joke in response to your last name? And are you tired of it yet? And also, what is your favorite memory of working at GI, intern or full-time? Um, I... It is not the name I was born with, so it's not 
something that I've heard my whole life. So that helped. <laughs> True. Um, I one time had somebody at Game Informer, I can't remember if it was a, a comment on one of my articles or if they emailed me, um, bring it up. And for some reason, that devolved into one of my pitches was going to be just an entire article of I am Groot, like like my review, <laughs> and then like have like a number at the bottom. But like no one would know anything of what I had said, which I thought would be hilarious, but that like not not good. particularly helpful. <laughs> uh, and just I found like that... three pages of I am Groot and then eh, 6.75. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes people get real clever with it and I really appreciate that. Um, but what's my, my favorite memory of working at GI? Mm -hmm. Um, I had a couple of good ones with Andy McNamara, who I was so lucky to have worked under before he went on to other pastures. Um, uh, the first time that I met him, um, First of all, it was so weird because it was like that day meeting everybody. It's like meeting every celebrity, you know, that <laughs> yeah. you've looked up to for so long. Uh, and then we we stop off by Andy McNamara and I mentioned like, you know, I grew up here. And he's like, oh, uh, that town's known for like almonds, particularly. I'm like, yes. <laughs> How did you know that? And I do this story about like, there, uh, I I grew up in a particularly agricultural area, and the there would be like like roads with just fields of of trees everywhere, and then yeah. during the spring, it would start to blossom. Mm-hmm. So it would be just fields of of white almond blossoms, and they would come like a wind would come by. And blow it off and it looked like it was snowing so like a couple of weeks wow. in the spring it was just absolutely beautiful just like it looked like snow but it was just flower fall and it was just so fantastic gorgeous yeah um and i was just absolutely taken aback by the fact that this person who i so admire and look up to like knew something about my dumb hometown <laughs> and i could yeah. like share this memory with them um so that was a Incredible. really cool moment. I think any sort of moment when I was like talking with someone or interacting with someone and taking that moment to just realize like, oh, this person's this person is talking to me, <laughs> you know, like that was so cool. Oh, love it. And our third question. What do you know? This one is actually a voicemail. Uh because what do you know i'm spiffy with the technology uh and i set up a 99 questions hotline of course it's 732-592-9838 which spells out real wax vet all the good acronyms were taken i assure you so the only one that i could possibly make any combination of words out of was this real wax vet i mean you're not going to be forgetting that anytime soon though that's what i'm saying uh, but you can give that a call, leave a message, and I can play it on a future episode of the show, like Preston did right here. Hi, Bob. Hi, Jill. Uh, this is Preston calling to check in and say hi. Hi, Preston. 
Jill, I was wondering, uh, coming from Game Informer and starting your Indie Informer, congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. What is your sort of, what was one of your most frustrating, most frustrating editing limitations when it came to your writing that you found at Game Informer that now you're kind of relieved to let loose upon the world uh, and within your writing? Is there anything that you're just glad that you don't have to worry about this small nitpicky item uh, every time you edit or every time you write that you can just feel free to write however you want? Uh, thanks again, and congratulations. And there he goes. What a question. <laughs> what a question, Preston. I love it. Um, I This man has to be some sort of writer to have asked that question. <laughs> Uh, yes, there are. Uh, Game Informer is a, 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 a an outlet of some standing and with a long legacy, and it does have certain rules um, to it, and you have to stick to a certain sort of formal language. Um, what a good question. <laughs> um, when I started writing for myself, uh, I I did away with a lot of things that are are to me. Um, I, they are correct, technically speaking, but like, you know what I'm talking about. So like, I don't italicize anything, um, Ooh. which is, it feels weird and I hope I get more used to it, but like, uh, titles of books, movies, plays, screw it. Y'all know what I'm talking about, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't do and things like that. I really take a lot of joy out of not having to like go back and like, oh, did I do it every time? Uh, and I still one of the things we had to do at Game Informer was because Game Informer is a publication. We had to italicize Game Informer. But mm. because you write Game Informer so much in your day to day life, maybe on Slack or whatever, um, it's not something you're in the habit of italicizing. So when you write, especially if you're writing like something sort of referential, uh, you have to go back and redo it so much. <laughs> like it was one of the number one edits that I I made. It was just like, nope, this needs to be italicized. Um, so it still feels weird not doing that. Um, but it is on the broader sense of things. When I was a game informer, I was always a little uncomfortable with what makes a hundred percent sense. Um, my tone had to come from a place of like authority you know like game informers and authority on things and that makes sense and things that are written in game informers should have a certain like taking ownership of that like yeah but i've never felt like an authority on anything <laughs> Despite my very long rant on what is or is not indie games, like I, I would not come to anyone and say like I am an expert on indie games. People say that a lot to me, and I'm like, you know, I'm really not, because like every day I am, I encounter something where I'm like, I didn't know that existed. I have no idea what that indie game is. Um, so I never felt like an authority, and I still don't feel like an authority. So what I really enjoy is just being like here's my dumb story as like this is what i experienced you know and mm -hmm. y'all can take it from there i don't have to 
I, I like using statements that are like, it seems like this, you know, it, I felt like it was this. Whereas like at Game Informer, you had to kind of, I would be directed a lot to cut that kind of wording because you should be authoritative on it. So more definitive uh, terms. Yeah, and make words a, and like a yeah. proud statement about it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess that makes it stronger writing, but, you know, I would prefer to share my real feelings as I am a person who is not given to that kind of dramatic, definitive statement. I am a yeah. person who sort of enjoys, like, hey, you know, whatever, if you like, you know, it's, it's you know, <laughs> that's, that's how I like to talk to people in general. And I, I and some of that, part of my voice to me I felt like had to be cut away because I was a game informer you know uh and there's a lot of pressure about that too it's another thing that I get asked about it was like is it a lot more pressure now running your own thing but it's like the the pressures taken off my shoulder of being the game informer mm. is that is is a good trade-off to being the indie informer yeah, because you don't have that legacy kind of, I, right. I don't want to necessarily say weighing you down, but, you know, you, yeah, you can like stand I, on your own two feet and if my I opinion and If I else. screw up, it's just me, you know? Yeah, it's not like yeah. I'm tanking this, like, decades old, like, <laughs> lovely outlet. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, I love it. Uh, Great questions, uh, everybody. Uh, fantastic questions. Holden? Greg, Preston, excellent. Excellent job, everybody. Give yourselves a round of applause. <laughs> uh, nine, that was all 97, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I do it in the preface at the beginning. Uh, numbers don't matter. Mm -mm. Uh, 98. What made you want to be who you are today? I figure it's a mixture of things, like any like anyone you know um specifically yeah. why i decided to make that very dramatic change in my life way back when mm. um it it had a lot of uh, how far back does one go <laughs> is the question um i had never considered even for a moment being in the games industry in any way because it just wasn't something one did that's not how you made money and you need money to you know survive in life i don't come from a particularly like cushy background not not struggling but not particularly uh comfortable yeah. overly um so the idea was that careers are for making money so that you can survive in life uh so i of course chose the perfectly reasonable museum <laughs> field which you know it makes a certain sense because any place that you live is going to have a museum within driving distance and uh it, it is a field that i was interested in i'm big into history big into art why not yeah. um but i i i did that for about 10 years and then i realized slowly that I was climbing the ladder. I'm nowhere near the top, but I get the sense of where I am now. I'm making money. It's fine. It's 
fine. You know, like I'm going to come in and the rest of my life is going to be fine. And that is a heavy realization. Wow. Yeah. Like, and I was sitting there like, am I okay with that? Like, you, I, I try to like turn to other things like, okay, I don't work to live. I'll just play video games or, or whatever. But like, you know, you take your work kind of home with you and you're not feeling up to it. A lot of times I was coming home and just like, I don't have the mental energy to do things. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just like, okay, this is it. This is what this is. It's no longer, oh, I'm not in the position I want to be in in my field, or I'm not making enough to live just on my own. So I was finally at the place where I checked off all the boxes of like, if I get to this point, it'll be better. Uh, and it was fine, <laughs> you know. Um, so your mind starts casting about what would you do? Like, it's that classic question. If you could do anything in your life, what would you do? Yeah. I can't make games. I'm not good enough for that. I don't know technology and computers and and I don't have the patience for that. So yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's not. So uh, I would want to be a game informer. And it wasn't. I will point out, it wasn't I want to be a games journalist. <laughs> I want to be a game informer. Yeah. Um. So it just so happened that, you know, in the way that these things cosmically do, in a humorous way, um, I came across a advertisement saying that they were looking for interns. And they the interns would learn you know the ropes of the trade and learn from the best and get training and all this stuff and and get to figure out how everything works and writes and and you know so it was sort yeah. of a a training opportunity thing because i like I, I didn't know anything about this field you know um so yeah i i sent my application in and I was like, okay, that's got to do, you know, like, I'll go on with my life. And I've indulged this fantasy. Um, and the worst thing happened. I got back and it was accepted. <laughs> you know? You, you, like, shot, you shot and it was a yes. And I, and I hit a bullseye. And now I have to decide what to do. Because here I am making a very functional living. Yeah. Uh, in California's Bay Area, which is a lovely place to live, expensive, but still I'm making enough to afford that. And I now have the opportunity to move to Minnesota when it's almost winter. Yeah. Minnesota's winters famously famously calm mild. And, yeah. <laughs> um to learn a, an a entirely new field that I've never been involved with professionally before. Um and, and you you never want this to be the case, but like there are so many instances of finding out that your heroes are not who you thought they were, and I would be trapped in across the country with no connections, no friends, no family, yeah, in a town I've never lived in with possibly monsters, you know, like 
And how do you decide to do that? You have to be uh, stupid. You have to be wildly stupid. Um, so yeah, that's the story of me starting <laughs> my new adventure. It, that is a, a fascinating leap to take. It really, really is. Uh, yeah. I, I commend you all for it because it is, uh, it is, Given the entire scenario you laid out there, it's quite a leap. Quite <laughs> a leap. Uh, but we're on the top of the mountain here. The titular question, as it were. Question 99. What do you want to be remembered for? I think, above all, as a person, as a human being, I just want to be, I want people to remember me being some kind of force for good mm. you know yeah. um i hope that i led my life in a way that made the world better in some way um and anyone can forgive me if i haven't always been on that uh straight and narrow path but uh yeah i really hope that the world is a better place for me having been in it and people remember that I love that. Well, let me tell you, this podcast is a better place since you've been on. Aw, thank Jill, you. This has been absolutely uh, fantastic. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for doing this. This has been uh, so much fun. It really, really has been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on. No, of course. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug, promote? Uh, point eyes to waft into the ears of our wonderful listeners. Anything at all, uh, the floor is yours. Uh, yeah. Uh, stop off at the Indian Former. I'm currently getting a lot of previews up. I went to the Day of the Devs in person festival, mm. played a lot of things, and I've still got a lot to crank out and show everybody. Uh, reviews are still going up, and uh, you can just google the game the indian farmer and it'll pop up or you can follow me on twitter at f-i-n-r-u-i-n uh finru and all my articles i post about there as well wow 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 what an absolute treat i think she's earned the title the ceo of indian former Jill Grote, what an absolute pleasure talking with her this episode. But right now, it is last call time. The red light is on. Let's figure out what we learned here today. We learned that when the world is in disarray and you don't know what to believe in, there is one thing you can always believe in, and that is the couch blanket. All hail the couch blanket. We learned that eating just a handful of tortilla is a lot like ordering chicken in a steakhouse. Is it your best option? No. But is it there for you when the chips are down every single time? We learned the best technique to sweep the leg out of a mountain lion. We learned that Raging Bull is not good, I guess. And we learned that the thing that really makes the world spin is fried dough. Fried dough, people. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go be a rock star, a cowboy, and a princess for the next two weeks till our next episode. So until then, thank you and good night. <laughs>